So you think you can manage. We are the So You Think You Can Manage podcast. I am your host tonight, stepping in just one more time, we hope. Shane and I am joined with Biscuit. Biscuit had a hell of a day, so what both of us did. So we're going to breeze through this one for you. But you're good now that you're at home in front of the TV, watching the fills, got your family there next to you? You know, Shane... I, you know, I, I gotta say, we, we don't talk, I don't know, you know, we don't talk about our, like, you know, friendship or relationship enough, but, like, this is our relationship, and one of the things, you know, I love the Phils, and this this is just always so calm, I, I shouldn't say calming, but this is just always such a good catharsis for me, a good <laughs> outlet for me, and I, I do enjoy the hell out of, you know, coming home, I have the game in front of me, I'm getting to talk ball with you, and my, my beautiful fiance and baby are, are right here with the dog so uh, i am a lot better now that the work day's over and i get to be with the people i like well there you go and hopefully when you whomever is listening to this when you listen to this hopefully it's a similar feeling you know we we're you're you're getting us into your vehicles you're inviting us into your airpods as you go running through gyms and fields and wherever the hell you go uh your workspace wherever it is hopefully this brings you guys a bit of catharsis as well so we do aim to please in that aspect or frustrate depending on the topic but our Philadelphia Phillies under tonight's play at 17 and 19. So they are six games back along with the Miami Marlins from the New York Mets. So, you know, awesome. It's great to be tied for second place with a, a sub 500 record, which is just exactly how everyone pegged this division to be not. So it's only a matter of time before things start to, to turn around and the talent in this division does begin to take, take over beyond just the New York Mets. It looked like that talent was turning around in the Phillies' favor on a rare positive West Coast trip. So last time we had spoke, uh, we were heading into this West Coast trip. We may have just started at a game or two in. We ended up going five and two uh, on that trip, and the offense started to click. The the pitching held its own throughout some really, really tough matchups. Um, I, I didn't think Girardi had a terrible two series um, it made some questionable decisions as he always does, but it wasn't, you know, ultimately I, I think he lost one of those games for us or had a, a major hand in that. But overall, like we looked like the powerhouse baseball team that we were built to look like. Um, and then it all comes crashing down because we lose the final game of what would have been a four game sweep in, in LA, which never happens, not just for us, but for anyone in baseball, you just don't sweep this Dodgers team at home in LA. It just doesn't happen especially a four game series like that biscuit we had you you win five games out there out west in a, in a, in a back-to-back series that just we never we never accomplish we should be feeling good and then that game seven happens how, how are you feeling heading into what ultimately was a three nothing loss to start the series at home against san diego well it's you know to start it's a momentum killer because you're winning that game literally the entire day. They scored those runs off the off the Dodgers starter early that game. So you're literally winning the entire game up until the ninth inning. Um, you know, it, it it's one of those things where, look, you know, you took two or three from Seattle. You take three or four against the Dodgers, who are the best team in baseball on the road after, you know, uh, being shitty on the road for God knows how long. Um, but, but you know, to lose in the way that they did and it to be such like a typical Phillies loss, it, it kills the momentum. And furthermore, you have a night like last night where you do have such, you know, you're, you're coming off a good road series. Um, 
and to come out and play like that, it just completely, you know, makes you realize that this team still is, they're still going to be that streaky 500 team. Like all the progress that you think just may kind of just gets teared down in only a couple games. Now you could also look at it the other way and I guess say, well, they made up a game, you know, they were seven games back at the, um, at the start of the at the start of that road series, now they're you know six games back, so not much ground. They did obviously go from like four or three games now to hopefully one if they if they uh, can now hold on to the lead for the rest of the night. Um, <laughs> but but it's a momentum killer, Shane. It's just one of those things that really hurts you, and the progress you think is finally there, finally starting to gel. It just kind of you know, it just kind of falls flat. The momentum falls flat. So it's difficult, you know, when, you know, we ask that they play above 500 on the road, you know, this is something you and I have said, you know, over the last several shows, we've made made a point to say they've got to find a way to play, you know, above 500 ball uh, on the road. And they did that. And we should, in theory, be thrilled. And you're right to lose in the way that they did. And I think I I honestly think had, had they just come out and and just, you know, they laid an egg. You know, it, going it up against the guy making it would have been better because it would have just been like, all right, we're good here. But to have the collapse in the ninth inning with your closer on the mound, um, you, that one stings, right? You know, and that that unfortunately takes the positive of like, you know, oh, good, we uh, uh, an above 500 road trip, and we as a fan base, like this is, I think where, and I think this is where a lot of us are, and I think that that you know, really tells a lot about this organization is the fact that what they did was an extremely strong accomplishment. Taking five out West is huge. Winning against that Dodgers team, three out of four is massive. It shows that you can hang with a team like that. And that was huge, but we're still not there. Not that, not the organization, the fan base as a whole. We're just like, you know what? You can still blow a ninth inning game. Fuck this. I still don't believe in you. And that's where we're all at. And that's so negative and so toxic. But I don't know how to change that for people because I think they're completely valid in that frustration. I think they're completely valid in all the things that they sat there and they feel about the way that they closed out that series and then came home and opened this one. Well, yeah, it's, you know, and it's one of those things that as good as a five and two road trip is. And I hate this about myself, but the entire time I kept focusing on the negatives, like the fact that the bullpen was pretty fucking bad the entire time. (laughs) The fact that they allowed multiple base runners every almost every single inning a reliever was in Um, the fact that they couldn't lock down games. You know, you're paying Corey Knebel ten million dollars to be our back end guy. And while he has been, now you have to have those doubts. You have to have those concerns, especially when you see Hector Neris lighting it up um, for, for the, for the Houston Oof. Astros. And like, look, like, you know, we, we've, we have our opinions about what type of roles Neris should or shouldn't have been used in while he was here. But I don't think any of us denied the, you know, talent he has and the fact that he would have been 
uh, you know, I, I would take him over fucking um, Familia any day of the week. Absolutely. Um, and that guy's just got awful, man. I can't, you know, there's some, there, there's some things that I, I've seen, not to kind of go off topic here, that I've seen over the, like, I, I never see when I see, I never want to see Familia again. I never want to see Roman Quinn again. There's just certain things with this ball club. I just sure. really would like to just be in the past. Herrera, um, you know, I think I said it in the group chat in the, during the last game when he was going up there swinging at balls in between his going in between his legs that if they don't get another run here and the Dodgers make a comeback, you know, obviously the offense did their job scoring early. But when you're trying to tack, you, well, you should always be trying to tack on with a team like the Dodgers. But you just you're going up there like you don't even care. Like, I don't even think he genuinely cares about his play and his effort to play um, at this point because it's just been astoundingly bad. Um, so as good, you know, as good as a five and two trip is when you sit back and you think of all the tangibles and what you've seen, I don't know how you can be that encouraged. Like you said, just yet, like there's no reason to be at that point because they haven't shown us enough. Yeah. And that's the reality of it when you've had the, the amount of losing that this organization has had over the history of its organization, but certainly in the last decade plus, uh, this team is not, again, we've talked about this so much. They have not earned our trust. They have not earned our patience. And at this point, five and two is great, but it's what have you done for me lately? And lately, they dropped two straight. Uh, and they dropped two straight in pretty not so great fashion. And unfortunately, that has been what is true more often than not. So we are to believe those negative things far more than us placing our faith that the positives that have been shown are going to stick around. And that's just, that's a really hard thing for, for the fan base to hang on to. Um, you know, it, it's not something, you know, that uh, I, I, we seem like such a defeated fan base, uh, you know, just, just across, across the city. So it's a tough one. Um, and before we, I, I want to leave the the West trip out, out West now. So like, I don't want to talk too, too much about that, uh, you know, and it's not because I don't want to talk about positive things surrounding our Philadelphia Phillies. And there were positives, obviously, when you complete a five and two uh, road trip like that. Um, but I do want to get into a, a few other things just around the game of baseball. Um, and I'm bringing this up because it's been mentioned that uh, even just coming back East now, how different the baseballs themselves are. When you take a look out west and then here, there are pitchers who are claiming that they are throwing with two different balls in the same at bat. Um, and now you're starting to see a lot of things visually come up. You know, there are people who are getting multiple foul balls uh, in a game and, and or people within the same section and they're comparing the baseballs and how much legitimacy that there can be to any of this. We don't really know. Um, but one thing that I had mentioned in our group tax biscuit is, is the fact that when there is this much smoke about something, there's got to be fire somewhere. Major League Baseball, they doctored the baseballs in a way that made everything like a golf ball. They just flew out of the ballpark and then they overcorrected. And now we're starting to see like random filtrations of real uh, of power come back in. Visually, these baseballs and these images look very different. You said in our text messages that some of them look like they have a different finish, and they do. Some look a little slick. Some look a little uh, little worn, um, you know, a little tacky there. How much how much do you put into this? Now, you know, me as someone who, who has played baseball every day of his life for the last, I don't know, two plus decades, I know a different baseball 
every single fucking time I pick one up. I know what's a major league baseball. I know what is some high school bullshit baseball pearl. You know, I I know when the laces are raised. I know when they're when they're reduced. I know when they're slick. I know when it's a vinyl baseball. I know when it's a genuine leather baseball. And I'm nobody. These are guys who make 30 plus million dollars a year. You think they can't fucking tell when one stitch is popped different? They can. So with all this going on, do you believe this? Do you believe this is a major league baseball issue? You know, Shane, you, you kind of you kind of hit this point too. I'm no, you know, I'm a nobody, man. I'm a guy who just really I'm not, not not to say that I'm not like you know an idiot or anything or a buffoon, even though I am a buffoon. But like, like I I think I have you know smart sound. Like I have some you know sound baseball opinions. But at the end of the day, I'm nobody. My opinions are relevant. But I'll tell you this much. The fact that there have been major leaguers who have come out and said, hey, these balls are different. These balls are, are different every other inning. They're different in games. Some of them are flying. Some of them are dying on, on the track if you hit a, you hit a ball hard. Um, that's that's a tangible. That's a tangible. And you're right, dude. Like, like as someone like, you know, I, I haven't played, you know, the, the game as much, but for a professional ball player – Pitchers especially, these guys probably pick up a baseball almost every other day of their goddamn lives. They know the difference. Oh, yeah. They have a strong opinion on this because they're right. Like I like there's nothing like I, I don't think there's any way to deny it. Now you have beat writers who are looking into it a little bit more, starting to get different perspectives. You have um you have Kevin Long coming out and and making comments about the balls in LA and he thought they were being that they that they were different. So so yeah, dude, this is definitely happening and it's just so fascinating that it's just so fascinating that major league baseball thinks people are so obtuse that they don't realize. <laughs> like they think everyone's a dumbass and that they like, like it was like it's almost like, you know, how they how they, you know, played around with the union and gave them poppycock for for um months on end <laughs> poppycock you like that one today well done you're i i, I felt that one and i said "Ooh, that one's coming right off the stiff top poppycock. i'm gonna start using that at work um you should <laughs> in my next staff meeting um just throw that one out there i'm sure that'll get a look um for sure. But it's just, you know, yes, dude, this is definitely happening. You have yeah. so many people talking about it. I don't know, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how it's not even more pressing at this point and more people aren't getting angry or upset about it. Um, but Major League Baseball, dude, they just have another problem on their hands now. And I don't know why, because, they, you know, they're, they're doing they don't have to cause problems. But it's just, you know, when you have a commissioner who's a buffoon. You're going to get issues. It's true. And look, I don't, I don't envy anyone in a position uh, of authority across sports for the entirety of a game, right? That what an, what an unbelievably thankless job that can be because you're right. As bodies change, as skill sets change, as information changes and becomes utilized in different ways, you're constantly having to figure out ways to make sure the game doesn't die. And that's tough, right? And I get that, that you want to sit there and you want to figure out, all right, how can we store these baseballs in effort to keep them uh, at the appropriate temperature and make sure that that everything stays as consistent as possible? How can we uh, how can we bring consistency to, to this aspect of the game? Well, OK, 
that's going to fly a little differently. It will in cores than it will elsewhere here too. So it's, I don't envy him. That being said, it's his only thing going on is to just not fuck the game up. And right now you have, I mean, last year, it was last year or the year before, uh, where a, a pitcher had come out and said that, you know, he believed that the baseballs because they didn't, they were so slick that pitchers and because pitchers can't lick their hands anymore ever since COVID, uh, they couldn't get the grip and that they were having to grip so hard with their fingers on these laces, just in order to control the baseballs. They're saying that one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to kill the batter because they're throwing a hundred miles an hour and don't know where the fuck it's going, or they're going to snap their elbow because the muscles in their forearm are now gripped so tightly on a baseball that they're choking the hell out of it, that now their elbow and their livelihood is gone. Well, wasn't that Tyler Glass now? Yes. And I'm pretty sure he got injured like right after uh, the um, the the ban on uh, the ban on sticky stuff. Yes. So again, it, if if hitters are using it to to you know, to grab some tack on the bat and to make sure that they're not hurting themselves or others by letting go of that thing. And they're making sure that they can whip around and and get the necessary hard contact safely. You got to figure out something that the pitchers are allowed to do. Now, again, someone who's picked up a baseball every single day of his life, I literally sit in my office and throw it at the ceiling every fucking day. I have a baseball in my hand, even inside. I'm always going to lick the tips of my fingers just to get a little bit of grip on that baseball, even if I'm just tossing it at the ceiling. So when you remove all of those things from what a pitcher can do, this is what you get. Uh, And especially now when they're having to figure out possibly a dozen different baseballs in a single start or in a single appearance, how are we protecting players if they have to, if the greatest athletes, the greatest arms on the planet are out there and they can't figure out how to feel the baseball to know where it's going. It's such a massive concern right now. And with that, I I take a look at baseball as a whole, the product of of baseball as to what it is. And I don't mean to just rip baseball for, for what it is. Um, Again, this is a game that you love. I love it can be such a beautiful thing. Um, But so it is in the news, sports news far more often for its negative remarks than its positive ones. Like the, 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 your most successful superstars are not sexy enough in this game to drive consistent national coverage across the sports community. But what does is doctored baseballs. What does is horrific umpiring that is just never held accountable. What does is consistent fucking with the rules and trying to appease all audiences when you really should only be worried about the people who genuinely love your game in the first place, who, by the way, you're driving away so much of what's gone on in the last several years at a bare minimum has been bad shit that people associate with, with major league baseball. How concerned are you about the product and where it's going and what it could turn into? You know, Shane, you and Andrew are like, I, I have friends that, you know, I, you know, buddies of mine who I've known for a long time, but it's not like the, 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 the like the bond we have over it, like the three of us, 
you're some of the only guys I know who can like talk ball the way I talk ball, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to this stuff, you know, I go into work and my coworkers might know a little bit about the Phillies, but no one follows it. But I'll tell you this much when they're, you know, talking about the flyers or the Sixers or the Eagles, that, that energy's there. No one talks about the Phillies like that. And that leads me to believe like, I'm sure not a lot of people are talking about baseball like that right now. You you hear it all the time. Everyone has some type of gripe with the game one, one way or another, and it's not going to be perfect. You know, there's always things that some people have preference of, and there's and there's always going to be differences of of opinion with that. But I think the fact of the matter is is that people don't get excited by baseball that much anymore, and that's really sad. You know, because it's such a passionate game and, it, it, you know, America's pastime and, and it really is because it's so endearing and something so definitive to, to, you know, like this way of life, I guess what I'm trying to say. But um, it's concerning for sure um, what you do, how you try to go from there to try to fix every little thing that you've basically done to screw this up how do you go about undoing it i'm not sure but but it's sad to see and, and it's just certainly disheartening it is and, and disheartening is a great word for it um you know i i take a look at you know it's it, it is hard you, you need a business person in there in efforts to obviously bring uh bring revenue in right and to find creative ways to bring revenue in and one of the easiest and biggest ways to do that obviously is to ensure that you're reaching as many audiences as possible. But but the one thing that you don't want to do and what they seem so keenly just fine about is to alienate the true passionate fans. You're alienating the only ones that genuinely do love the game for the way that the game is played and for what it is. It isn't going to be some up and down the court, fast 48 minute game. It's not going to be some, you know, every once in a while you get a fight and a big hit, but it's a fast pace, you know, 200 foot hockey game, you know, that you're, you're watching for an, for an hour of, of ice time. Uh, it's certainly not football Sundays. It's never going to be that, but what it is, is it's something that you factor in and build into your life for six months out of the year that you sit there, you enjoy time with after work, you enjoy time with friends and family, and you can do it all fucking summer when it's everyone wants to be outside. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And now this game it's been it's been pushed away in my opinion so heavily from the the real baseball fans in efforts to appease the audiences of frankly people who are just not built to enjoy a methodically paced romance which is what baseball is and I that's that. really it's really fucking unfortunate man you know if if you want to go out there and you want to watch some heavy hitting action go out there on sundays 16 times a year that's a commitment that you know that the average millennial can make now it's baseball's not and it's never gonna be you got to figure out a way to make this sexy again for the people that are looking for this product and that's what's so fucking concerning you know we we sit there and we take a look at all the different rules that are being you know implemented and tried at the minor league levels you know you you look at guys are getting called out for third strikes because they're not in the box quick enough fuck off take as long out there as you want i don't give a damn some of the best things i've ever seen are when a batter won't get in the box the pitcher gets pissed off and then the batter finally gets in the box and the pitcher says i'm going to step off the rubber now or i'm just going to stare in all day and they get in this little cat and mouse game and it's beautiful it's a duel it's a yes. duel they're battling 
exciting, and it's exciting. Like, I like, I look, 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 look. Offense is fun. I love home runs. I, I love, you sure. know, you know, big innings, like a lot of runs, high scoring games. It's fun. It's exciting. But for God's sakes, we're talking about two guys locked in a stone cold battle. There's intensity. There's drama. You know, there, there's different factors outside of the two of them. Um, like umpire position. Like it, it's just such a multifaceted engagement. Um, it, it's just so enriching. And, and you're right. You know, like it's never. It's it's you know. It's a very hard thing to try to all fix in one go that makes it the perfect go for everyone. But more outside of changing the game, why don't you look internally about how you market this sport and Absolutely. how you promote it? And, and you know how how you have your your shoddy streaming service with blackout restrictions. Like there's so many different things that you could be doing off the field too to make this a better product. And I don't know why. It just seems like that's always overlooked. Yep. So I was a I was a freshman, I want to say, in college, and I was taking a public speaking course, which. If it's any indication of the fact that I do 48 different podcasts and, and I've, I've managed people my entire existence, that is something that comes very naturally to me. I never mind speaking anywhere. And a discussion in the previous week was about baseball. And the overwhelming majority of that class, and this was at a community college, so this was not just your typical class of 17, 18, 19-year-olds. There were people of all walks of life, all ages, all everything. So you'd think that you would get a relatively diverse appreciation for a game like baseball well that wasn't the case it was an overwhelmingly it's kind of boring like you just wait for a ball to get thrown and nothing really happens so i did my next speech on all of the things i had to do a 10 minute speech 10 minutes i did every single thing that shane as a batter runs through his brain before that pitch leaves the mound and crosses the plate and I got 10 minutes out of that, just sitting there and sitting there and saying, what did this pitcher do against me last time? How, what's the arm angle that he's using? Should I crowd the plate? Should I not? Where's the third baseman playing? Who's on first base? Does he have any speed? What's that look like getting him over to third base? All these different factors that, that, that come in, you know, how am I feeling about the, this approach? Uh, you know, how are the guys behind me hitting? Do we, what do we need right now? And I went through all this stuff and they're like, Jesus Christ, man, like you think about all that. I'm like, they fucking think about all that. And because they do, I do as a fan, I sit there, especially when you watch the game live, which is certainly a different aspect because you do see that in the field and in, in, in its entirety, but I take a look and I sit there and I analyze, I say, all right, this is how severe of a shift they're playing right now. I know based on that shift, how they're going to try to pitch him. So here's the mistake pitch I know I have to look for. Here's the pitch sequence that I can expect. If they go different on pitch one, I know how to adjust by, by pitch two because I've paid attention to this and I know where the logic is. And because I could break down all that information like that, when that pitch comes in now in my leagues at 85, 90 miles an hour, but in professional baseball coming in at 95, 100 miles an hour, you can make something positive happen because you were fucking prepared. And it's fascinating. So much goes into this and the average fan is never going to fall in love with that because do you play chess? A lot of people don't fucking play chess because it's a slow burn. There's a lot of critical thinking and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in between the ears. That is not an action point. 
It's a reaction thing. And what happens is how you dictate whether or not that player was prepared for that moment. And that's a beautiful thing. I left that class. I don't know if I turned anyone's mind around. Probably not. But I knew confidently that as I sat there and thought about how much truly goes on in my brain as a hitter in men's rec league baseball with a fraction of the information that these guys have, I know that I, from my own speech, walked away with a greater appreciation for the game of baseball because I out loud spoke about all of the shit that I know. And I actively knew that I wanted to know that much fucking more. And that's what made this game beautiful. And there's no way to market that. Unfortunately, there's just not. You either fall in love with that process, you fall in love with the duels, the battles, you fall in love with the information, or you don't. Well, see, I, you know, and that's one of the like that, that, and that was a beautiful story. Um, but that's you know one of the most romantic things, one of the more romantic things about baseball. You're you're gonna have fans like you and like me who you know every pitch, every at bat, every you know inning of every game. You're always thinking about those different things because we're so in tune with the game. Now, not every fan has to be like that though, and I think for the product that you do have, which I think for the most part is still entertaining, I'm still entertained when I watch baseball. You know, I I think there's slow offense this year. But um, it's not like I'm deterred from watching the games. There's still a tangible way to make this product, one, more accessible than you do, and two, to make it brought into more co- like pos- into more positive media and not such a controversial light. And, and I think you just need to get to that point because you will be able to still get fans. This is still an awesome game. This is still an entertaining game. And while they might not be sitting there thinking about every next pitch like like you might be, they could still be entertained and enjoy the product. I just like, you know, I I wonder how you get to that point. And maybe just maybe when you start turning people, then you'll start seeing more and more people like you who do that kind of stuff. And I think that's where I'd like I'd love to see the game get back to that. I think some people are out for a Friday night fuck and some people are out there to spend Saturday morning having breakfast with someone that they spent Friday evening with. I think that's the difference. I think that there are people that are just content with a good fuck and that there are people that are ready to fall in love. And that comes across very differently at various times in your life. Uh, And I think that that's what baseball is. You know, I think baseball for many people is just not that thing they're ready to, to, to romantically fall in love with. Um, you know, and I know that we're talking about baseball very differently than what we ordinarily would on this podcast. But just so the listeners are aware, this is how we feel. Like th- these are the conversations that are shared within our texts with with Biscuit, with Andrew, with myself. Um, you know, this is something that that we do. We 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 pour our heart into as fans, um, and, and we know that the players, more often than not, anyway, are also, uh, you know, pouring their heart into what it is that they do. Um, whether or not the 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 results are there is another story, but. Let's shift gears and get back to the Philadelphia Phillies because I do feel like we could have talked about stuff like that forever. It could um, be a whole other show, Shane. Could be a whole it, other show. Honestly, it def it could. Um, so Harper gets his injection uh, and is now going to be sidelined from the from throwing for an additional six weeks. Um, so he's played only. I don't even think he's played ten games in the field this season. Um, certainly has not appeared to slow him down. 
uh, in the box whatsoever. He won player of the week. He hit over 600 with three or four home runs and I don't know, 13 RBIs or something absurd like that. Um, still handling the bat exceptionally well. Um, what's your level of concern for the team as a whole? I, we, we believe that Bryce Harper is going to remain at this pace offensively. Um, he very much so seems like a guy who's taking out his frustration that he can't throw a baseball out with his bat, which is still fascinating to see, beautiful to see. Um, but we can't, we can't deny how, how much of a, of a hindrance that becomes with this defense out and especially out in the outfield and a defense that is bad enough as it is. What's your level of concern having to deal with this for at a minimum another six weeks? Well, it's concerning for a couple of reasons. Like you mentioned, you, you worry about, you know, the defense and Harper's inability to play the field and, you know, as, okay as I think Castellanos has been. He's certainly not stellar out there. And I think Harper being, you know, one of the more tenured veterans of that group and obviously the most well-rounded or most recognized, obviously most well-rounded, but most recognizable. He's the star, um, you know, on the team in general, but obviously in the outfield, I think he offers a veteran presence, not like necessarily like a captain, but I think, you know, there is that leadership expectation from him out there and it almost feels shoddier when he's not there. So you have those concerns for those reasons and also for Harper's health, man, like for sure, he's got a, he's got a, a, a you know, UCL tear. Well, whether it's slate or not, he's got a UCL tear that probably very much will will need obviously surgery, but it could mean Tommy John's surgery too, especially if it gets worse. So hopefully you get to prevent that with the PPR injection. Um, hopefully he's back tomorrow and is feeling fine and continues to hit at the pace he's hitting at. But um, it, it's scary, and you know, like everyone said, thank God for the DH because we all know where he'd be uh, if we didn't have that right now. He'd be uh, sitting on the bench. So um, you know, first base. Shh. Honestly, I don't think there would have been any way that he would have not played. I, I, I genuinely I, believe that. I, I, I don't know. I think I think he would have taken the L and, and, you know, been on the IL. Like, I, you know, I don't know what else you really do in that situation. But um, it's concerning for sure. So you had mentioned leadership capacity um, and an intensity that he brings out there. He may not be the greatest fielder, oh, but, for he, sure. but he's very much so Chase Utley like it's never for a lack of effort. There's a level of risk that that comes with him in the outfield. And I do believe that he's had to tone that risk down in efforts to save his body. Um, but there are play like he's always going 110 percent. You genuinely can tell how much he loves the game of baseball and how much he loves the city of Philadelphia and how much he wants to win baseball games. And he's never going to be the guy that's going to dog it to first base. He's never going to be the guy that isn't going to go hard into the corner for an outfit or for a ball hit in, into the outfield corner. And I do believe that there is in a game that severely lacks emotion today. I do believe that it is plays like he makes because of who he is and his own reaction to his own plays out there in the outfield it will pump up a dugout. It will just be an infusion of energy back into that clubhouse that is so badly needed at times. You know, think about the games where, where you know, it, maybe you only let up a, a run, maybe two in an inning, but it's a, it's a 45 minute half inning and, and you've been out in the field forever. It's a hundred fucking degrees outside and you're sitting there 
and it's it's just a, a a damn nightmare i'm on delay so whatever you just saw i'll see it in a minute but um and harper's the one that sits there and makes a huge play for you and that pumps up citizens bank park and that pumps up the dugout and that brings the energy back in and then all of a sudden the pressure's on on the opposing team uh for for that next half inning and, and you see what you can do there's really no one out there right now that's going to play that way um i think the closest thing you have is a jt romuto behind the plate throwing guys out in a in an era of baseball that doesn't really feature a lot of stolen base attempts I don't really know how much of that you're going to see. You know, it's hard to bring energy on defense. Uh, and he's the guy that brings it. And uh, and I do think that we sorely miss that um, because it is just one more area where we do not have energy coming in. You know, and, it, and it's almost like this was said. I know this was said elsewhere, and I think I heard it on another podcast. The team goes as Bryce goes. Yep. Like you think about the last week with Bryce being on, he carried a lot of that weight there. So you you can tell. And then last night with him being out of the lineup, you get a lackluster. You get you get a goose egg. Um, so the just everything he brings in terms of his energy, his passion, it's not really. I, I just don't think it's matched by anyone else. I just think he's so in love with the game that it, like. There, there's no one else really on that level in that kind of intense way. Like there might be other guys who might be better clubhouse guys, but when it comes to playing the game by example and playing hard, no one beats that. So when you don't have him in, it's such a detriment that the Phillies aren't built to survive without him. They just aren't. So, you know, God, God, hopefully this, this doesn't get any worse because if they have to send him down or put him on the IL for an extended period of time. I wouldn't expect this to stay as afloat much longer. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's a fair statement. Um, you know, so right now as we're recording this one, Lord knows when you will all listen to it, but we will have this posted before the game tonight ends. Uh, it is two nothing uh, Phillies after a second solo home run here tonight, which biscuit was reacting to. Um uh, as I was reacting to Biscuit, or trying to not react to Biscuit, I should say. Um, but look, we we have you know the rest of tonight's game. We have tomorrow. We have tomorrow against. Um, wow, boy, people start trying to call me, and all of a sudden everything goes crazy <laughs> on the computer. Um, two more tonight. Uh, two more, uh, excuse me, um, including tonight against the Padres. Then we have. The Dodgers coming back in and look, uh, that's that's going to be huge as to, to how this how this all plays out, how we feel about this this team, um, you know, against two really, really tough West Coast baseball teams. Um, Biscuit, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off on this one tonight? Let's have another, uh, you know, good couple series against the uh, Padres and Dodgers. Hopefully we could salvage or hopefully we could take tonight and tomorrow and uh you know, another another you know series victory over the Dodgers certainly wouldn't kill my uh wouldn't kill my Phillies fix. So the only thing that I have is you don't always have to just put the dick in. Sometimes you can show a little romance. You can work the tease a little bit. You can enjoy yourself. You can make sure that whomever you're enjoying the experience with is also enjoying themselves. That's important. It does not always have to be a Knicks of foreplay. Fall in love with the process. 
fall in love with an exceptional result of that process. Fall in love with baseball. So, you think you can manage? We'll see you next week.